if you sprint, you get really tired, but if you pace yourself, if you walk, you can cover more ground over time. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rajstriker, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, the coffee that gets you fired up. Aside from supporting energy, stamina, and athletic performance, cordyceps have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties. I have been so obsessed with this coffee for the last year. I've been drinking it and I've been traveling with it. And in case coffee doesn't pump you up enough, how about coffee paired with one of the most energy supporting mushrooms on the planet, cordyceps. So coffee is so energizing because it stimulates the central nervous system and the adrenal glands. But combining this with a more balanced cellular energy to support uh, our immune system and our health function, this mushroom can result in a balanced stimulation while using only half of the amount of caffeine normally found in a coffee, which is awesome. <laughs> they also have an incredible matcha mix that is my absolutely new favorite, and they want to give our listeners a gift. So for those of you who are curious and want to try the mushroom coffee that doesn't taste like mushrooms, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved. So that's foursigmatic.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D for 15% off of all of their products. Thanks for listening. I'm trying a new product. Everyone, I'm recording now, so everyone's listening. We'll start by you trying Oh my goodness. A mushroom latte, golden latte, and it is only one gram of sugar, plant-based latte. It's just out hot water and it's done. It's easy oh. to travel with. And it has turmeric, black pepper, shiitake, and uh, tulsi. So it's like oh, amazing yeah. for your liver and skin. It's a like edible, ingestible beauty regimen, which I'm... we all need a little bit in this polluted world, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, I want to do a commercial for this because it's so delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty good, no? It is really good. But all the stuff's really good. I mean, you've done a really great job at formulating uh, all of these products so that it doesn't taste like mushrooms. Well, I can tell you that you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find (laughs) the princess. So not all recipes we've done, even 
a lot of we probably make sometimes dozens if not hundreds uh, of formulations before we lock into yeah. one and some of the things that we've launched were not great either so <laughs> i'm not saying they're all winners but we work really hard for them that's what i can guarantee is like really really test out a lot of stuff and i'm, I'm myself quite the kinny big yeah you know so well i want to hear about what i mean i i love to hear stories of how people came up with their product or idea and stuff but was there a pivotal moment where you you thought hey mushrooms this is what i want to do yeah there wasn't like one i feel like it's like marketers usually love to get like then i woke up and the apple <laughs> fell on my head or something but there's definitely been like few really big moments that have all like affected and i i'm sure a lot of people listening can also relate to like the moments when you come to a crossing and you're like, should I go left or should I go right? And there's definitely been moments like that, but there's been multiple mushroom moments. So there's not been just one mushroom moment. There's been a lot of mushroom moments. But um, yeah, for the products, there's been definitely different variations. One for with cordyceps. So I was running marathons and long distance runs and, and I remember making a smoothie in one morning and I got this cordyceps extract from God knows where, like sourcing it semi-illegally to Switzerland where I was living at that time. <laughs> and then I put it in my smoothie and I put it like a cow powder. So I put it like, you know, two teaspoons and you should put like of the actual strong extract, you should put like a quarter of a teaspoon or half a teaspoon, I put two. And I am, I've never used crack cocaine, but what I assume being on crack cocaine feels like. <laughs> And I fly this, I do this morning run and I just crush it. I was like, what did I just have? And then I realized the power of cordyceps. That was definitely like from a functionality point of view. The second thing was just myself frustrating. I was ordering stuff. I was still not living in the US and I was ordering stuff from, from like iHerb.com that allowed foreign shipments from products that were not illegal in Europe or some like trying to get mm -hmm. them across the border. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In Europe, everything is more strict. Like a lot of stuff that is allowed in the U.S. is not allowed in Europe. Sometimes for better, like GMO maybe. Yeah. Sometimes for worse, like certain like maca is not allowed in all countries and stuff like odd stuff. So I would order these things and I would be opening capsules and sometimes making my breakfast smoothie would take me like 20 minutes. Then I was like, there must be an easier way because like even though I love this, <laughs> you know, I can spend that 15 minutes meditating or something like that, so... There's been a lot of moments that yeah. have all been really influential where I am as a person where Four Sigmatic is, but there's not that one moment when right. lightning hit me. And Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that because I feel like a lot of the times we forget that things are a process, yep. you know, and I really find that when I hear stories of people actually, uh, you know, building something from scratch and it taking a, a long time. Yeah, it's definitely like right now I get a lot of my friends hitting up because in the wellness community, Four Sigmatic has like now become a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, there's still a long ways to go to get a wider population using mushrooms. But they're like, you guys are everywhere. You're totally blowing up. Like, and people think it's like a new thing and they don't know that just this company itself has been work five years we've been working, busting our ass off. <laughs> Plus before that, basically a whole life. Yeah. So same with be it yoga or be it just being a great um, a son or a daughter or a mother or a, you know boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. It's not like it takes a long time 
to work on yourself and, and, and nurture whatever you're building. And yeah. it just doesn't happen, you know, overnight. So yeah. or at least for me, maybe there are people who can do it like much faster, but they literally took us like five years to get like what is considered like traction or, and I thought we made dope products before that. We made dope products for years and years, but like people were not getting it. Like we had to really, like they didn't know what chaga is for. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that was that. And, and for me, just from an outsider's perspective, seeing the, the evolution of the company, because I've been a fan, we just talked before I started recording, but for yeah. a long time. And so it, it's the initial sort of thinking, oh, well, I don't really like to eat mushrooms. Am I really going to like this, this mushroom coffee? And for it to just be absolutely opposite of what I expected and for the taste to be good and for it to have all the health benefits and, you know, to learn about all the, the immunity faculties of mushrooms was just really incredible for me anyway, because I was, I had an aversion to them, yeah. truth be told. Um, and I'd never, I've never had, uh, any, I've never done any hallucinogenic drugs. Mm -hmm. So part of me is like, well, this is the way that I could be on shrooms. You're actually one of that's a very common story in a different ways. A lot of a lot of our biggest fans and, and customers, they really hated the concept at first. They were like, I don't like mushrooms, I don't like the taste of mushrooms, I don't do shrooms, as in like psychedelic mushrooms, mm -hmm. why would I care? And then but when they feel it on their body and they're like, Oh my god, this is not what I thought it would be, both from a flavor point of view, but also functionality. Yeah. Then they definitely get hooked up. But Well, yeah, and the thing with to me, the, the caffeine was just a, a hard sort of thing in general, like with the coffee, you know. So I, I don't drink regular coffee. I just drink mushroom coffee because yeah. it's, diff it's different. And it's obviously because of the mushrooms that it, mm -hmm. I feel different, you know, from drinking regular coffee to this. But aside from the product being amazing, I want to just kind of go back a little bit. Sure. Can um, we give a shout out, though, to Mary Beth? Yes. For getting your oh, my goodness. So MB... <laughs> Like Mary Beth was the first person who uh, introduced me to mushroom coffee. Like I kept seeing her like post about, she posted it on Facebook or somewhere I can yeah. remember. Um, and we went out to, uh, we went out on a, on a tea date. And then I was like, what's the deal with this mushroom coffee? Oh, I remember now the conversation. Um, I think it was just after the holidays and I was like, yeah, what's the deal with this mushroom? She's like, oh my goodness, it's so good, you know, and she did say, she's like, it's my friend's company, like you should try this, it's really, and then I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. She literally pulled out a packet from her bag <laughs> and gave it to me and I was like, oh my God. So then the minute I went home and I made it and I tried it and it was like, I literally went online and I ordered some right then Amazing. and then when I got the box I you know tagged her in it and stuff and now here we are years later like yeah you know so if you don't know Mary Beth is a yoga teacher at Wonderlust yeah, as well Wonderlust, yeah among many other things so yeah. follow her on Instagram yeah Mary follow Beth her and, and uh, Jackie Carr and who her and Jackie Carr do uh, Rock Your Bliss. They also have a podcast, which I've been on, and um, they're just two incredible women, and I love them both. So, yes. Great. Props props where props are due. Yes. Um, so going back to uh, experimenting on yourself, we just talked about that too. Um, so you get to be the beta tester for all your stuff. Yeah, what, pretty much. What's well, that like? I guess alpha like? tester as well. Oh, right. I guess, yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
before how, there was even a beta. How have you had oh any sort of weird experiences like taking too much of something? Yeah, I definitely have overdosed on multiple things. <laughs> Can you Eat. overdose? Well, mushrooms not so much, okay. but herbalism yes. And um, I mean mushrooms like the I've, I drink a lot of chaga tea, and then you if you drank like a gallon a day, you get basically diarrhea. <gasps> which is a lovely topic for this podcast. Perfect. But there's other things I've overdosed, even including things that you couldn't overdose, like a CBD. Again, um, you never know how those are extracted, but like the non-psychoactive part of hemp, and uh, apparently you couldn't overdose on it. I've definitely overdosed on that. I've overdosed on a lot of like classic herbs that people promote and say they're tonic. Tonic as in safe for consumption. Yeah. They're definitely not. So I've... I've had a couple rough days. Oh, no. Can you can you overdose on lion's mane? Not really, no. Okay, good. But I would still say is if you get excited about a health food, it doesn't mean you have to like some of the benefits will plateau. So I would like if you have a huge bag of something, it's also always fun fun to experiment if you take a higher dose if the effects change. But it's like more about consistency. Yeah. Like sometimes we have in the wellness community, and I say this with like a lot of love, is, is we have this addict mentality at sometimes when we fall in love with a yoga practice, when we go every day, two times a day, we do too much. Yeah. Or we fall in love with this product, this new raw cookie or potato chip or cake or, you know, whatever. And then we drink it like way too much. Like that happens a lot, even with people who are very health conscious. They go overboard on a, on a certain health practice, and then they go to infrared sauna every day for the 30 days in a row or something, whatever is the thing. So I would just say it's good to have polysaccharides from the fungi family and using things like lion's mane or chaga rishi on a small amount every day for an extended period of time. That's probably a smart way. You can, if you have exams, if you're if you're busy period at work or something you need to get extra boots you can you can definitely double up triple up but the point is about con compliance and consistency more mm -hmm. than kind of like yoga is like sure you can do a hardcore class and hardcore yeah. practice but like it's more about like every day or most days getting on the mat and doing something even smaller yeah so so you you started this company from scratch right yeah, you can't buy them at the grocery store, yeah. so you can't do it mm -hmm. yourself kit. <laughs> yeah. But no. we have a great team, so definitely cannot take all the credit. And yeah. And it's not like I, it takes a village to grow a baby, and our company's now, it's been uh, six years um, since we launched the product, so it's almost an eight year journey. Um, so it takes like a village to grow a toddler, or it's going to school actually, it's not even a toddler anymore. No, it's, it's definitely, it's a baby. Yeah. I would say probably, yeah, in kindergarten at this point. Yes. Yeah. How are you able to keep balance in your own personal life, in your own personal self-care running a business like this? I think that's a very good question. I, I think even if you don't run a business, just in today's world, there's a lot of pressure to do, be this amazing person. Yeah. Like you have to be like, have a beautiful life on Instagram and you have to be a successful professionally and then have to be in great shape and you have to be this amazing friend and know many languages and follow every TV show, know what's happening at, at Game of Thrones. <laughs> you have to know what's going on in Game of Thrones, but also follow the new show on Hulu or whatever yeah. and see the movie of the Black Panther. Like there's a lot of pressure. Like you gotta, 
like if you haven't seen Black Panther, then you're really not a good person, you know? Nothing against that, but there's like a lot of stuff and it all seems so small, but it adds up, right? Yeah. And, you know, starting a company in an industry which is not really like a money-making machine historically, um, which is food, agriculture, you know, it can be tough, but I've, I've approached it from a very much like an endurance point of principle. Mm. So it's, it's really like pacing yourself. Yeah. So pacing yourself throughout the day. So I work like a lot from 60 to 80 hours a week and consistently over well over a decade. And it's one of the ways how I do it is like I take a nap. So like I go for a walk, like I take breaks between the day and then I work every weekend like last year I took like one or two days off but it's also because like I will take my during the week time off to go for a hike or combine activities that I enjoy having lunch with friends or with our team or like enjoy combining activities and also finding breaks so it's if you sprint you get really tired but if you pace yourself if you walk you can cover more ground over time yeah Oh, I always am so fascinated by people that can do that, like run an entire company and still be functioning humans. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm a functioning human. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I am, but you know. I love so, and and I know that this also mushrooms help, right? Healthy eating helps, just healthy lifestyle. Sleeping. In yeah, not stressing about stuff. Those are all, sleep is huge. So that's why napping is one of my, definitely one of my magic skills. Yeah. How, how long do you take naps for? I'm curious. 15 to 20 minutes. But that's I, it? I don't put an alarm. I, oh my God. It takes me like an hour to fall asleep. How do you take a 20 minute nap? I fall asleep like immediately. <laughs> really? <laughs> like on the spot. Oh if we have with this podcast, I'll... You're going to tell you he's yeah. asleep. If you guys, it's quiet, <laughs> it's just because Tara just fell asleep. No, I'll be good now. now. I have this golden latte to keep me up for a minute. Does it have... Does no, it have? zero caffeine. But um, turmeric, kind of as we're going on a little tangent, but if you allow me. I like it. Turmeric is actually like a hormetic stressor. So a lot of healthy foods actually give you stress. So same way as yoga practice or being exercise of any form is actually a form of stress but it's like the good stress that will like wake up your body and then make you stronger but for temporarily it's actually a form of stress so there's good stress bad stress the turmeric is actually like like it like annoys our body up just a little bit yeah. so the body will get stronger and lower inflammation and activates body's own ability to heal itself you know foods don't really heal you like, even though I love let food be thy medicine as a concept, mm -hmm. it's not really the food that heals you. It's the food's ability to help your body support its own living functions. So well, that's at least what I believe in. So, Wow. No, I love that because a lot of the times people think, oh, I'm sick. I'm just going to have some spinach. Yeah. And that's, they think that just eating greens is, is all of it. Yeah. But no. I, I also think that it's definitely a holistic approach you know what else what you're surrounded by who you're surrounded by the type of thoughts you're putting into your system etc yeah and I, I think um, we both can probably name few people who are in the health and wellness community who are really really healthy but they stress out a lot about it yeah so obviously like they can sometimes be more sick and they panic when they get a little bit of symptom or something then they panic and it almost gets worse and uh, and then they're in a deep spiral so mm. Everything in moderation, including moderation. 
Oh, so good. That's the yeah. tweetable moment right there. Oh, yeah. I, can. <laughs> I learned that when I lived in France, so I have to credit the French people for teaching me that. So do you think that traveling all over and, and living in different places helped you create the resilience that you have and the tenacity for doing what you're doing now? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a lot of people in the U.S. think that I've, I've lived in many countries think that you come from money, but actually like many places are cheaper to live than most places in the U.S., for example. I've lived in third world countries and you can, you know, dollar goes so far, you know. But just by having exposure to different experiences and you can have exposure to different experiences living your whole life in the same town. So it doesn't mean you need to go to other cultures to have, but I feel like I've been blessed enough to have a lot of exposure to different, different things in life, not just do one thing my whole life. Um, but when you go to a new culture, it's definitely like a super overdrive of that. I'd say like a week abroad is like, a month at home in learnings or even more because like you have to like especially if they don't speak your language mm -hmm. you have to really really commit like you have to be more in the present the nonverbal communication the open-mindedness of different ways of doing things you have to quickly figure out even basics so what you think is normal like getting food and getting yourself a cell phone service or whatever it becomes an adventure of its own so <laughs> it's just a different kind of a challenge yeah for just the fundamentals so for me it's been really helpful yeah but i also find that people that you know grew up in europe or, or in places where you were already exposed to different uh, cultures and different languages it really allows you to be more open-minded too Right, it creates... It's a little easier. I'm not saying it guarantees that you're open-minded if you come from Europe or that if you come from a large country like the U.S., which is that you wouldn't be, but um, there's definitely more exposure to different languages, uh, different cultures through TV, like pop culture. Just everything is so close. You can like almost like run or bike to another country with a different language. So Yeah. You know, uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you about because I know that you, you just said it, you, you didn't come from money and you had to work for what you've created in your life. Um, I almost sometimes feel like when you, when you had that experience, uh, which I can relate to, it creates a different level of discipline and commitment. Not to say that somebody who's privileged uh, doesn't have the same level of commitment or discipline, um, but I'm curious for you um, if that was ever a driving force to create something um, big. Well, yes and no. So I guess a lot of answers, by the way, are yes and no. It depends. So the hardworking part came from the culture. Like Nordic culture is very like hardworking. And when you grow up in a farm anywhere, you can grow up in farm in Illinois, and I bet you you are probably pretty the odds that you are very hardworking is very high because you have to start the day early and you gotta, there's really very few days off. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely got that by growing up in a farm and in a culture that is very like diligent, conscientious, hardworking. So in that way, it's not the fact that you don't come from money, it was the other things. Um, but definitely like when you didn't have it, you were like, um, you, you also like, valued it in different ways because mm. 
and this is obviously very individual, so, but I'm making a little bit of a blanket statement. If you've always had money, sometimes you don't value it. And it's like, I'll just take, you know, maybe my best friend example is like him and I had a different kind of an upbringing and we're like really the bestest friends and we see so many things alike, but there's a, there's a delta between, you know, uh, the value of money when you've had a surplus of it or deficit of it. So when you can buy something, you feel, it feels extra special because you couldn't buy it. Um, that being said, I'm also lucky enough, or at least I feel fortunate enough that, like I saw it through friends pretty early on, is that like after a certain point, it doesn't add happiness. So there's like, and there's studies on it in different cultures. I believe the US is something like $75,000 or something. And happiness increases dramatically as, as income increases up to that point, and after that, it almost plateaus. So money actually, so the same study was done in Finland with different amounts, but like money does create happiness in the lower tier. So there's a big difference if you make 22,000 a year or 45,000 a year, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like, and, but after a certain point, it doesn't add. And I saw that through, through our uh, family friends and friends, like I saw that pretty early on is that like having massive excess it necessarily mean that you're any happier. So. Mm. But I would say probably um, it didn't hurt at least that you were that you become hardworking and and you know you have to work extra hard because nothing is given to you. Mexico, mm -hmm. where I was teaching people a little bit about cacao, the health benefits of cacao. And one of the interesting things is like this classic saying that money doesn't grow on trees, but cacao does grow on a tree in a <laughs> pot, and it was used as a currency. So it's good to always know that the piece of paper you have or the credit card piece of plastic you have ties into like actual commodities or things in the world. So I think like every person, even if they don't care for money, they would benefit from going through the first one, two, three courses of um, like economy class. Cause like understanding is like, it's tied to something of value that people value and how that is derived. And if you can derive value, you know, it ties into money as well. It doesn't mean that that is your number one value and deciding factor, but understanding that I think is also pretty helpful. And how it works into like mission heart-centric businesses or heart-centric industries that are more than yourself. Like I would say like, like for Sigmatic, like our mission is bigger than our company. Like the kingdom of fungi is one of the kingdoms of the world. And there's like 25% of the earth's biomass is made out of mushrooms. Mushrooms could potentially like eat plastic, clean oil spills, all this amazing stuff. And it's much, much bigger than our little company out of Vintage Beach, California with the shroom room and stuff. So <laughs> the mission is bigger than us. So you could say it's like, what's the point of making money? I think it's a very good conversation for everyone to have and everyone will probably end up having a slightly different answer. Mm. Um, but a couple of things that I would consider when you're having that conversation, just few angles when you're asking that question, should money be made with yoga? Should money be made with oh, meditation? Yeah, great, should, great. should money be made with healthy eating? So I'll start with, with, with just the income part of it. In Finland, 94% uh, of farms lose money. Only 6% of farms are profitable right now. Most of those farms that are profitable are dairy farms. Like we never wanted to have a dairy farm. That's a whole nother conversation but like it's almost impossible to lose money. So farms are getting shut down and our farm was large when we were kids. Now it's tiny, but farm sizes are getting bigger. There's more monocrops. 
And one of the reasons is just economically, they've not been working and that will slowly deteriorate soil quality, food quality. So if you don't reward the people who are doing the good stuff, they are more likely to go out of business. So, so it's also important to understand that like you should support financially those things that you believe in. And those people hopefully should be financially doing well or at least not losing money. They should be like solid. They can pay for their insurance, their kids, whatever in the US you have to pay for college, all that stuff. Otherwise, that's not really a sustainable model and those business will cost, or they'll change or their children don't want to continue the farm right. because there's no money to be made. They see how hard you work and you still end up in debt. So, so if somebody's making that money, it shouldn't be businesses or teachers or healers that are doing good for the world, right? So that's one concept to think about. Second thing about is, is that if you have, you get properly compensated in being a teacher or healer or whatever meditation, a business owner of an organic tomato brand or whatever it may be, uh, that allows you to do other good things. So if you are forced for good and you are making money and even, even profit, if, if Inshallah, you know, you make some money, you're left over. You can do, you're probably more likely to, to do charity and other good things and teach and volunteer and you're forced for good for in other forms of area. If, we, if you're in, like, barely being able to make your ends means, you're probably going to not have that excess time to teach and do good for the world. And then um, finally, for the kind of, I guess TM has been most vocal about this. And they've taken it pretty far. But like charging people money will make them understand the value. So if you give stuff for free, people think it's often poor quality. And even that might be the case. And I'll just give a concrete example. We have a store on Venice Beach, California called The Shroom Room. We give out free drinks. And it's definitely a challenge. It's pretty destructive to keep, like people go there and they're like, how much is this? We're like, free. We're like, no, but seriously, how much is this? No, it's free. Then they think it's free because they're special, but we're like, no, it's actually free for everyone. They're like, okay, who can I tip? It's like, no, you don't have to tip. Just like spread the word on mushrooms. It's kind of like messes them up and they're like, oh, is this like good stuff or is this like good quality? Why do they give it? So sometimes like it is good to like charge people the rate that they understand the value that they're getting, which is kind of messed up, but it's, it's a reality. So whenever you're having that conversation about the economy of doing good you should I think it's good to consider that aspect as well yeah I thank you for for sharing that because I think it's often a conversation that happens in the health and wellness arena a lot and it's actually one of the conversations that I feel gets left behind or left in the closet people don't like to talk about money you know because they're trying to be uber spiritual but I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, why is it okay for cigarette companies and alcohol companies and, uh, you know, porn websites? Like, everybody else is fine charging money. Like, why Why does it... So, and also, I think that's a great point. So, we're doing a podcast, right? Podcast is, I guess it's been around for a long time, but it's really become big in the last few years. And it's a new form of media. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like media that is not controlled by huge corporate interest, right? But like doing this like takes time, money, energy, sometimes production value, um, and listeners get it for free. So like how, what's the model there? So it's like advertising, right? 
And in our company, like one of the only types of advertising we do is podcasts because I'm a, a huge believer in that there should be alternative forms of information and education that is not controlled by, you know, large private old institutions or control what is the narrative that we're told to people about health, for example, that can be lobbied or controlled in different ways. So I think podcasts are actually a beautiful way to um, democratize a lot of information and offer people different views. But in order to make it work, you know, there's a form of advertising. Oh, that's the most common form. Maybe there's a new form everywhere. But as a as a business owner, if I wanna if if I wanna advertise somewhere, support somewhere to spread my mission of mushrooms, I would you know much rather support you know small like not but like small media. But even though like podcast is becoming huge, you're still like yeah, it's still usually small. It's, it's still a one person show, yeah. two person show. I mean, I literally showed up with my recorder here. We're sitting in a conference room right now. Yeah, and know? even even a big podcast, so to say, there's like it's like a production of one to three people, right? right? Yeah. So um, yeah, supporting those versus like. A huge like TV company or something. Yeah. But oh, so good. There's so many different questions I want to ask you in so many different directions. Um, I think that one of the aside from you know talking about the health benefits of mushrooms and your own background uh, in starting this business, your own belief system, etc. I'm curious as to what your uh, what your spiritual path looks like do you have one curious spiritual path yeah that's a loaded question i don't I know, know. Yeah. it's loaded we can i mean if you don't want to answer it we can so, edit this out but i'm curious only because here's where it's coming from like a lot of the times i find i'm really drawn to people um that are actually doing good in the world you know i'm not necessarily drawn to you know, things that are going to get the most listens, you know, or, you know, it's like, I want to be able to provide something of value. And for me, it's like being able to bring yoga and meditation to the, I mean, that's my job. That's what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people and I get to bring, um, these modalities to, to help people that, that are looking for, you know, a different, different way to connect with, something else right yep so you know i I guess this is where i i can get a little esoteric you know because i'm always just kind of curious to how people connect and and not everybody has a connection to yoga i mean i've interviewed people that aren't yogis at all you have a relationship to yoga and meditation i mean you've talked about this you've talked about having uh experiences etc and so i guess i'm just curious as to um you know, what, what sort of, what your rituals are and what sort of your, your practice is, if you have one. What is it not for me? It is not a ism. It's not like what worked for me when I was 15, 16, 17, 20, it might not work for me when I'm 30, 35, that can change. Um, also, it's, for me, I think routines are good because they create habits but they can also put you in a box where you get trapped in who you are. And I think in spirituality or finding soul connection to a deeper meaning, you can also get trapped by that, right? 
that makes sense. So what works for me, um, and very, if I want to give listeners some, some value that they can extract of their own life and not, because it's not really about me, but it's like what maybe I can give to other people, is one is, for if there's guys listening right now, if, if, if you feel pressured that you have to be something, you have to sit down meditation because it's a cool thing or your girl wants to take you to the meditation class or your boss or your company's having a sound healing session or whatever it may be, if you feel that, um, there's so many ways how you can achieve benefits of creating space. And if those things that get offered to you are not for you, doesn't mean the whole thing is wrong. So I encounter this a lot with mushrooms. A lot of people who we work with don't like the flavor of mushrooms or they cannot, they're allergic to a single type of mushrooms. It doesn't mean then the whole kingdom is bad. Some plants can heal you, some plants can hurt you. Meditation is the same or spirituality is the same, is that there's so many forms and if one or two or three are not for you, it doesn't mean the whole thing isn't for you. And I think it's worth exploring a way that works for you. So if there's guys out there, um, I think meditation can be like when you go and play tennis, bas tennis, basketball, soccer, you go for a run at the track and afterwards you're just like laying down because you're like tired and you're just in that moment when you've given your all in the football field. That is kind of, that is partially could be the meditation. And sometimes um, what I know from my own experience and also a lot of my friends for, at least for us guys, like sometimes we block ourselves. So then doing something physical helps get away from that and let go and create that space. So uh, for me, a lot of spiritual practices involve physical activity, dance, hiking, sports, something, or even cold therapy. Sauna is probably one of my number one spiritual practices, sauna, and then hopefully jump into a frozen lake at our family farm or something mm -hmm. like that. But those are the things that at least for us guys, I feel like help achieve it. Women, are, I think, are more intuitive, more sensitive, more aware of themselves and the world. And I think in that case is they can achieve, you know, higher spirituality, maybe sometimes a, not saying easier, but in a different way than guys would. Mm. So I'm not fully giving you the answer, but that's just a little nugget especially all the guys out there. Yeah, I like that. I like that little nugget of spiritual insight, even though you're not calling it that. I'll call it that. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so I have a, before we, before we finish, I have a, a couple more questions to ask. Um, sure. Fire away, as many as you want. Do you have like a words of wisdom or an affirmation or a certain mantra that you live your life by? Something that you've repeated to yourself from when you were young that you still do now? When I was a young, I used to, um, what is it called? The Catholic Church have the cross, the rosary? Rosary. rosary. Mm -hmm. So I would um, separate from it with the, when there's multiple beads in a row, I would just say moment by moment, Day by day, moment by moment, my life will get better and better. And I'll say that in Finnish over and over. And then when I get to that single bead, I would just say something I wanted that day. And I did that for quite a while. So if I would panic or I would be like scared, I'm in a new country, that would be like, nobody knew what I was doing because I was just touching them. And that was one of my way. The other way is that I've like, um, for like uh, over 10 years, I've been writing a gratitude journal. Every day I write three things I'm grateful for. And um, 
but the different maybe that a lot of other people do is my things are always on the same page for that day of the year. So when I write down what I'm grateful for today, I can see what I was grateful for the, that same day, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and you forget so quick. It's insane how quick you forget. Yeah. You also see your progression because you think, oh, I'm not better, um, be it weight loss or exercise or spiritually, whatever. It's easy to forget how much we've grown and how much we're good. In. I, I felt I just saw on Instagram a few days ago as I thought it was really funny is like I wish I was as fat as I was I when I first thought I was fat yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty that's pretty funny but um so it's that just doing that grateful thing also helps me connect on my progress and my evolution and also fun because you forget a lot of cool yeah. stuff that's happening in your life yeah so those are some things I do um but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that being able to look back. I, I love journaling and I love writing a gratitude journal. And I think uh, having something that you can measure over time is important because we we forget about a lot of things. I mean, think about how quickly we forget about, you know, making the same mistake mm. or, you know, having the same type of person in your life. It's like this thing we have this like temporary amnesia that happens. So I, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. What advice would you give your 15-year-old self? I don't think my, and the classic is that I'm, I'm not sure if the 15-year-old self would be listening. <laughs> um, I would actually, usually people say like, oh, I would have done this, done this. I would say like, definitely see the world. I think that was really valuable for me. And it was important for me. And I think that would have been important in any scenario of my life. Whatever path I would have taken, it's good for me to like explore an adventure and not worry about money or like doing certain things by certain age. Just go out there and explore and create as much of that as you can. So I would have just encouraged to do what I've now done in as many ways as I can is just explore the world in as many ways as I can. Um, I've gone a lot to school and I've benefited from it, but maybe... Uh, one or two degrees less could have been helpful. <laughs> so maybe I would have said it's like, and I knew this quote when I was like 18, but like, I don't think I fully hammered it in, but I would probably say is never let schooling interfere with your learning. And I think a couple times in my life, I let schooling, too much schooling interfere with my learning. Not to say that I'm against formal education, but um, for me, I would have probably benefited from slightly less. Yeah. Hmm. What would your 90 also get over yourself i oh. think just generally like that would have just as a as a as a, as a man is like it's not about you for sure as a 15 year old i think i would have benefited from that one that's good get over <laughs> yourself get that's gonna that's that's uh it's a good it's a good quote um what would your 95 year old self tell you now um i don't know be kind to your knees <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Um, probably a lot of the same stuff, like keep your heart open, keep exploring. And I think hopefully my 125-year-old self will say that to my 95-year-old self. It's like, just keep partying. Just keep doing it. Just keep going as hard as you can. Yeah. Save those <laughs> knees. Save those <laughs> knees. Keep the knees healthy. Yeah. 
Um, what is it that you would like to contribute to the world? Well, to the point of get over yourself, it's not really about me. And um, I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in, in the world in general is that we are really much focusing on ourselves over our community and, over, and we're focusing on our city over our country and our country over the world and even speciesism where we think that we're just somehow an amazing species and all the other species matter less or that certain species like are more sacred like cats and dogs are more sacred but we can kill flies and like alligators are like anyway so it's funny and I'm guilty of that as anyone else but it's just funny sometimes to think about that so what I contribute to the world doesn't really matter it's like I want it to matter because it's like me and it's like oh I'm important I'm special but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter um, I always butcher this quote, and I'm going to butcher it again, but uh, Gandhi said something along the lines, um, paraphrasing totally here, but like, the things you do will not matter, but you should do them anyway, and that's kind of the principle I try to live by, is like, I, I try to make a difference in the world, but probably the most likely I will not, like, it's pretty arrogant to say that you're going to save the world or save the planet or whatever, um, but still you want to do good things towards that. So at least you hopefully be net positive and not net negative, or at least neutral. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't think probably realistically I'm going to change the world. Hmm. And then okay. I think there's a lot of hope and positivity in that one. I, I, I do too. I, I really, um, I actually really revere your response. So thank you You're for welcome. that. I think one of my last questions is really about. Um, it's about connection and the importance of having a community and having the right people around, uh, having a tribe, mm -hmm. right? Having a community. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, it's an African proverb that, that says, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. And so... In your life, how important is it, or a better question is, how do you think we can improve our connection with our community? Um, yeah, I would, that, by the way, that's a great proverb, and I think definitely like a lot of the value, if not all the value of your life is created with or through other people. So it could be even the total value, but at least a large majority of that. So a lot of values derived from from through other people or as a business owner I can say that you know I think a lot of businesses like limit their potential of doing good by trying to do it all them by self versus hiring people that are smarter than yourself or better than yourself in other areas and I get to work with people that you know are smarter than me and better than me in so many different ways and you need that um, and how can you do that I think one key lesson that I've been really thinking about, especially living in the U.S., so there's no nothing away from the American culture, but there's like a Europeans think that Americans there's a lot of like like flakiness or like unauthentic small talk, and there's a lot of jokes about that in Europe, and I felt that it's not quite fully true because it's like uh, Americans are really really caring and amazing people. Um, but definitely when you're in a big city, you have to kind of 
pick your battles in a way and like who do you let close and I think there's a difference when you having compassion for everyone but curating really closely on who do you spend really the most amount of time with and I think that's really important because it used to be that when you were in a smaller tribe or village it was kind of given who we spend time with but also it was like very protected you, you couldn't do bad because the community would like almost like community or family would curate it but in today's world where we can go anywhere anytime and it's so fluid and you're connected to everyone but you're not connected to anyone that whole world it's like you have to take ownership and responsibility of keeping those boundaries because like in today's world if you don't do that nobody will do that in most cases there's obviously countries and places where that traditional model still exists but for us through social media and living in a big city you definitely have so many options that you you know it can get overwhelming so trying having compassion for everyone but curating very closely who are those people and then you know really protecting those people and they will hopefully also protect yourself that's a great answer thank you not that if well i guess if it wasn't a good answer i would probably tell you it was a good <laughs> answer. um what's your what's your favorite word favorite word um doesn't have to be in english by the way oh there's a lot of great words like random words like i like in spanish murcielago i just think it's a beautiful word even though like, you know what bat. it means right yeah, it's a bat. bat yeah i just think it's a beautiful word anyway um one word in english that i like is wheelies somebody asked me like my one of my they asked what's the purpose of life and i say purpose of life is wheelies and and what that means to me is like when you pop a wheelie as a kid you don't worry about yesterday's problems with your parents or tomorrow's exam you're just in that moment in that flow you're just in that pure focus and enjoyment nobody's ever popped a wheelie when they're mad you only right. pop a wheelie when you're happy <laughs> so true. like so true. it's it's that pure bliss and living in the moment it captures the essence at least as a as a as a as a guy as a like a little kid i remember popping a wheelie and that's really captures the moment of purpose of life it's wheelies i love that yeah what's your least favorite word um i guess there's a lot now like it, it just goes and maybe in waves <laughs> that certain words really annoy me for a short um i really don't okay <laughs> go ahead you don't like the american what <laughs> <laughs> right now i just don't like the word bro <laughs> if you hear me using bro i'm probably making fun of you or the moment so <laughs> Oh, so I just don't like that word for some reason. Probably not because of the word, but what's I what I associate to that word. Oh, okay. What's your favorite sound? Um I was just in Tulum, Mexico and I I fell in love again with the waves. Mm. Yeah, I don't yeah, Finland has a lot of lakes, so we have a totally different sound of waves, but the wave of the ocean is that's that's my recent favorite sound. But that's for now. That's mine too. I love the sound of of well, I love the sound of the ocean, period, but say you believe in uh heaven. Mm -hmm. And um you pass in this lifetime and you approach the pearly gates and somebody says something to you. Who is that somebody and what do they say? Um 
Great question. Never thought about it. So not guaranteeing disclaimer that this answer is that great. Um, <laughs> but um, my grandma <laughs> used to make these like potato soup and it was, it was our favorite food growing up, me and my brother. As so you can see my grandma there calling that the potato soup is ready. Oh. But that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Grandma's potato soup. Yeah. Had a lot of butter in that potato soup. Grandma didn't spare butter. Grandma didn't count calories for sure. She that's <laughs> like she was using MC it was MCT oil. Yeah, it? right. Yeah, right. There was like it was full fat all things. <laughs> that's great. But they lived long and they were happy and you know it's there's lessons to be learned there as well. No, oh, that's great. Okay, so final question, um, and it's about obviously this podcast and our community. So, radically loved was uh, created around this idea that we are radically loved and supported by God, Source, Baby Buddha, mm. Krishna, whatever higher mm. power of your understanding. The universe works for us and not against us. And it's this idea that we are radically loved, completely supported. So there's two questions. And the first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And the second one is, what do you radically love? Well, deep questions for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm equipped to answer those that well. But um, I think like, kind of like, God or the big electron or whatever you want to call it. I feel like just being here is that is being radically loved. Just existing and living is a you know, form of vibration of, a, of being radically loved. It doesn't have to be anything crazier than that. Just being here and breathing and vibrating is that's the jam, you know? And uh, we get a little greedy if we want more than that. That's a lot. And how do I radically love? Um, I think in a very, probably very odd, peculiar way, but I, I think probably through, um, through my close ones, obviously caring for them, but the other one is probably through my products. So it's my form of art or expression is making food or food products and designing them. And so I guess that's one form how I radically love through mushies. Through mushies. <laughs> oh, I love it's not that far from a heart, no? The shape it's really of a mushroom? Not. It's no. like it could be turned into a heart pretty easily. I love the shrooms. I love them. They're they're my favorite now. Yeah. But, you know, it was thanks to you and you creating a product that I could actually have. Before we finish, I want to share uh, something very special with all our listeners. Um, we are offering every single person listening 15% off of all Four Sigmatic products. So all you have to do is just go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved and uh, you'll see all the incredible products that Taro talked about. I don't know if this is out yet. Yeah, it's going to be out. Yeah. Uh, the golden, we can talk about Golden it. latte. Golden latte, uh, which you guys have to try. It's amazing. Uh, so if you're listening on your device, if you click on the show notes, there will be that precise link on there. So you could just click on it and explore all the shrooms that you're going to be shrooming on. 
Um, <laughs> and on that, I do want to uh, just take a moment to thank you, Taro, for spending time with me and for creating this conscious company and for this incredible product and for your humble, tenacious, dedicated um, way and for just bringing all these things to us. And your book is incredible. We didn't even get to talk about it that much. And I just That's finished okay. reading it. Um, so that a link for that will also be on the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can check out um, Healing with Mushrooms. And um, yeah, where the people listening, if they want to connect with you, where can they connect? Um, I guess for Sigmatic, just in general, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C on all socials and dot com and whatnot. <laughs> Probably there. Um, I'm on Instagram. I post poor photos on Instagram. I am Taro. <laughs> no guarantees on the quality of that content. So, you know, if, if you want to follow the best content, don't follow me. But uh, you should stuff. follow him. He posts, you post stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to get a laugh, I, I follow you. I think it's funny. You post some good stuff on there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I am Taro for Sigmatic. That's probably it. If you ever see me somewhere, come say hi. Is that it? Anything else you want to share with everyone? Well, I, <clears throat> I'm coming from more of a nutrition, agriculture, health and wellness side is... So everybody there listening, you know, working on your spiritual path and like your inner, doing the inner work. Also remember the outer work and the importance of the mind-body connection. So obviously, you know, breathing is a big part of that and, and, and movement, but also what you put in your body, it really affects also the quality of your thinking and your vibration. So eat high vibrational foods, whatever that means to you. And then also take care of your gut and uh, eat a lot of prebiotics and heal your gut and do things that are good for your gut and hopefully that will help you radiate even more. Do you guys hear how much he cares about health? This is so great. Uh, everybody listening, thank you so much. Taro, thank you so much for everything. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.